We got all kinds of folks going through all kinds of stuff. Let me share with you an encouraging story. Mary got ready and hurried to the town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, a baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. The church has been on a journey. Not, this not just this church, but the church of Jesus Christ has been on a journey for 2,000 years. And very early on in the first few centuries, it had to come to grips with what it was like to transition from a church of persecution to a church of empire. When the Emperor Constantine of the Roman Empire converted to Christianity, he made Christianity the official religion of the Roman Empire, among many others. But in that moment, I wonder if we didn't take on a set of new challenges. In that moment, I wonder if we suddenly saw ourselves differently as church. A thousand years after that, just before the rise of the Middle Ages, there was a famous person in the church who looked back over that period of history, who looked back over the Roman Empire, which was just starting to crumble, which was just starting to fall apart in his time. 
And he remarked at this miracle. And the miracle is this. Even in the face of the emperor and the empire, millions of people, overnight almost, adopting Christianity as a formal state religion, this person remarked the power of following Jesus and the secret to its spread all over the world has been because it has not relied on secular power. It has grown, it has spread, the gospel has spread all over the world. I went to seminary with a young Catholic priest who was one of my teachers, even though I was in a Methodist seminary. And he was from Democratic Republic of Congo. And he was from a small village within the DRC. And he was getting his PhD in New Testament studies with the sole purpose of going back to his village and translating the Bible. And that was all he was going to do. That was his calling. And he knew it in his heart. He knew what God had placed on his life and a big task, let me tell you, a big task at that. But the thing that impressed me about Jacob, which was his name, there was a sense of clear, utterly crystal clear purpose to his life. It's okay, maybe he didn't have all the answers to every question. His bishop had not yet assigned him to that part of the DRC. He wanted him to go to more urban parts, to run churches. But he knew his calling was to work with this village in which he grew up, to translate the gospel. And there were complications, of course. And like him, all of us have questions about how things are going to happen in our life. We may even have questions about what is going to happen in this church in the future. When we have a vision, we're going to work on a strategy. But let me tell you, I am completely without reservation that this church is called to be a family of consequence in the kingdom of God. I feel that calling on my life every day that my life, our life, our shared life is meant to be a life of consequence in the kingdom of God. And that ain't got nothing to do 
with what other churches are doing necessarily, or the diocese and not other diocese. So. <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> and all I'm saying is there is a divine thumbprint upon this place in this time that we are called to something unique. It is as unique as what Mary experienced in this story. And do you know what she marveled at? She didn't marvel at a prophecy that an empire would convert to Christianity. She didn't marvel at a God who could come with military and political and secular power. She didn't marvel that God might raise up politicians to establish policy from government. She didn't marvel at those things. The things that she marveled at were that God would choose the outcasts, would choose those on the fringe, would chase after the hungry and the poor and the forgotten. And God would make a kind of separate seating area. I wouldn't relegate them to the balcony. Mary knew. This is why she thought Mary knew. That what God was going to do, He was going to invite all those people to this table. Regardless of whether I think they're worthy or the church thinks that they're worthy, they have a prearranged appointment with the Father. Now, I don't worry about that. We're going to press into that. It's going to be great. But I want you to know today, I want you to be reminded that you also have an appointment with the Father. In whatever situation you find yourself, in whatever struggle, He's got His place for you. It's all set. What I'd love to do right now is just ask the Holy Spirit to come in here. And however He moves you, Lord, we agree to that. Whatever word He shares among you, let it be for all of us to build up the body. So Holy Spirit, I ask you to speak to your people here and now.
What is God saying to you right now? having peace and knowing all the answers. You know that? There's a difference between having peace and feeling completely at home, comfortable, without pain. Did you know that peace is possible in the storm? Where you are. We do this thing, don't we? We kind of go, well, <clears throat> Father Love, which is I'm going to sort out this situation in my life. And then I need a bit of help with this situation. And I need some solutions over here. And once we get there, we will find this peace. And the Father says, no. He says, my peace is for you now. And if you let me, he says, I will drop that peace into the center of your life in whatever storm you're going through. In the middle of whatever pain you're feeling, prepare to be amazed. without putting words in the Father's mouth. I just pray the Holy Spirit into your body for healing so that he would diagnose what's going on. Okay? If you're... If you're... 
towards Joella. And we're going to, we can still do this with distancing, by the way. Holy Spirit's not held up by that. And what we're going to do is we're just going to pray over Joella. Because Joella, you put your hand up. You know the Father honors that? He so honors your bravery. Guess what? We're all broken here. We all need healing. You put your hand up. So we're going to pray for you. Holy Spirit. Come. We ask you to rain down healing on Joella. Great physician. You know all of Joella. Her history. You know the most detailed things about her. Because you are her creator. And you made her good. It is not your will, Father, for your children to feel broken or without peace. We declare this promise over Joanna's life that she would, in this moment, feel the power of Jesus Christ in her, working through her, changing her, transforming her, and Father, we ask that, that would be a beacon for the rest of us, that we would follow in that. Holy Spirit, please proclaim your almighty yes over Joella in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And there's your gem. You can take it with you. Anybody else? Who's next? Who's next? not something we need to control as followers of Jesus. I have a friend back in the States whose father was terminally ill for such a long time. And they prayed and they prayed and they prayed for healing. They prayed and they prayed some more. Years went by. And that person suffered. And they were never healed of that disease. But do you know, over time, with more and more prayers of healing, there were rifts in that family that were healed. There was reconciliation 
siblings began to talk to one another again. And I think one of the most miraculous things, there was this lesion of pain within this person's heart. A resentment towards God about the lack of answered prayer. And that was healed. Sometimes the Holy Spirit has an incredible way of diagnosing what actually needs to be healed and in what order. And as I stand before you, I'm not one here to say that I know all of His will. I just know that He wants healing in your life. I just want to give Him the freedom to do that in His way. I don't want to control it. I don't want to manage it. I just want to say yes to it. The Holy Spirit has been doing something else as well recently in this church. He has been drawing people together to pray for each other. Now, I'm in the habit of typically saying who wants to offer prayer ministry, and there are folks who diligently do. He has also been going about finding his own prayer ministers here and leading one person to another. What I'm going to suggest today, we're going to enter back into worship for a bit now. Is it, if you feel called to pray for somebody, mostly if you feel called to go to a particular person in prayer, do that. Do that. I guarantee you, I'm pretty sure that, that person would say yes. Can you try that? Let's enter a time of worship. Thanks, man.